Amen. Well, I said this first service. I'll say it again. I, I was just thinking about this a lot uh, this past week, that I love my life. Anybody else love your life? Right? Just Anybody else just love being a Christian? Right? Anyone else just love the fact that Jesus came and he saved you and he gave you a new life in Christ? I, I think as Christians, we should love our lives. We should love the fact that Jesus came along by his Holy Spirit. He has given us everything we need to live a godly life. That's what Second Peter tells us. That as Christians, we have been forgiven of all our sins. Anybody else just rejoicing every day about that? Because um, I don't know about you, but I, I've done some doozies in my life. And I'm just so thankful that God, through his son Jesus Christ, has forgiven me of all my sins. I'm also thankful that I'm no longer trapped in my sins. You think about a sin, just even one sin. The Bible says if you break even one law, it says it's the same as breaking them all. And so you are trapped under a heavy burden of the law. You are trapped in your sins. And yet with Jesus, what did he do? He actually set us free from our sins. Anybody else excited about the freedom from the sin that kept us bondage, that kept us captive? Now we have been set free. Uh, he did a song about freedom is here. Freedom in Christ. Why? Freedom from what? Freedom from sin. I'm thankful that I'm no longer separated from God. We know that sin separates us from God, right? You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? We know that sin kept us from being able to be in a right relationship with a holy God. And yet, what did Jesus do? Jesus came in and he reconciled us back to God. I was just writing this stuff down this week and I'm like, God, you're amazing and living for you is amazing and this is amazing. Being a Christian, it's amazing. Anybody else just excited about being a Christian? It's an adventure. Now with it being an adventure, don't you know there's some highs? There's some lows, right? There's some twists. There's some turns. But I was also thinking about this. It's an adventure, yeah. It's kind of scary at times. But because of the Holy Spirit, I never have to do it alone. Isn't that something else? I never have to do it alone. There's not even a second that I'm outside of the presence of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the temple of God, where does it dwell? Is it on some mountain somewhere? No, it's deep within me. The temple of God, the Holy Spirit resides within each one of us. But the Holy Spirit also resides here. We are the temple of God. So I don't have to do it alone because God is in me, but also I don't have to do it alone because the family of God is with me. Again, I love being a Christian. I love following Christ. I also love being a Christian because I know it gets better. Did you know it gets better? Did you know that your best days are ahead of you and not behind you? That every day you're growing in Christ. That every day, more and more, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is being produced in your lives. Think about this. If you took a snapshot of the day, September 2017, and you just kind of took a click and a mental picture. Now fast forward a year, and you look back at who you were today. So 365 days later, and you look back at this moment right now. You'd say, I barely recognize that person. Because that person has grown so much in love, joy, peace, patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control don't you just love the fact that christ yeah he started a good work in me but hallelujah he's faithful to complete the good work that he started in me it's a beautiful life it's a full life it's an abundant life i just love being a christian just love being a christian i love the church by the way I, some tough stuff has happened in the church, but I love the church. I love being around Christians. I was thinking about this week, that, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? We all know the song. So I got this little light. Pretty awesome, pretty cool. You take that light into the darkness, the darkness has to flee. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ shining in me is pretty cool. But then, when you get together in the church, you have all these little lights. 
and the little lights come together. And don't you know when these little flames, think about a flame. We always think of electric little, you know, a big light or something. But think, it's more like fire, a, a flame. Think about as the lights come together and those little flames come together. There is a brilliant, 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 huge, massive, awesome, exciting, adventurous light that begins to shine in us and through us. Isn't it awesome to be a part of, of the Christian life? Hallelujah. I'm excited. I love it. And yet, as much as I love it, as much as it gets me excited, as much as this week I was just writing that stuff down and just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was also thinking about Cain and Abel. What a depressing thing to think about when, you, when, when you're excited about life. But for some reason, the Lord just brought me to that story of Cain and Abel. Remember the Lord's caution, warning to Cain. He said, Cain, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. And that leads me to Peter. Remember Peter? He puts it in this way. He says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, in my 20 years of serving in the church, 13 years of full-time ministry, sin, I've seen sin tear apart the family of God, again and again. I've seen the ravages of sin destroy my brothers and sisters again and again and again. It's the, the idea that we were doing ministry together. We were sharing life together. We each had our flame. We were putting the flame together. It was this brilliant light, and we saw Jesus Christ moving, and we saw Jesus Christ reaching people, and the lost were found, and the blind were seeing, and the lame would walk, and we just were going together, and then all of a sudden, where did you go? Have you ever had that happen before? Where did you go? And it's amazing, you try to reach out to the person, you try to speak to them, or you share wisdom with them, or counsel with them, and, and a lot of the times, most of the time, uh, it's just silence, right? They, they go off the radar, they, they completely cut you off. But then others, maybe they're willing to talk to me. But then the men and I maybe bring up, you know, maybe an area of sin, or maybe an area that is having an effect in their life, an issue that's having an effect in their life. Right away, almost always, right away they begin to, share how really their sin and what they're doing and how they're expressing uh, themselves. It's somebody else's fault, right? Somebody else's fault. Maybe my wife's fault, my, my, my husband's fault, maybe my kid's fault, my parents' fault, my job's fault, the government's fault, the church's fault. If we run out of all those excuses, what do we say? Well, the devil made me do it, right? The devil made me do it. So here I witness Christians, followers of Christ, brothers and sisters of God who have the Holy Spirit within them. The Holy Spirit who, by the way, is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit who desires to conform us to the image of Christ, to transform us by the renewing of our minds. The Holy Spirit who, uh, as he is in us, produces more fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But instead of all that, these people become destructive forces against the kingdom of God. And again, these are my brothers and my sisters, the family of God. And there's a specific word that I'd like to use to describe all of this. And it's simply the word rebellion. Rebellion. The rebellion of sin. Simply rebellion. Rebellion against the plans of God. Rebellion against the purposes of God. Rebellion against God's instruction, His teaching, His guiding, His leading. It's rebellion. But here's the deal. As Christians with the Holy Spirit within us, within the Spirit of truth, residing within us as the temple of God, we have no excuse for our sins. 
I want you to know that we can't plead ignorance, right? As Christians, we really cannot plead ignorance. We have the Holy Spirit within us, teaching us, training us, guiding us. On the day of Pentecost, when those thousands of people came to the Lord, Peter says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit truly is a gift. Hallelujah for the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it's the best gift we could possibly receive because the gift of the Holy Spirit, He actually helps us in this area of sin and rebellion. He helps us. Did you know the Holy Spirit can help us? Jesus says this to His disciples. He says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Holy Spirit, what does He do? He helps. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That brings me such comfort. That means the Holy Spirit is always in me, giving me what I need, helping me, leading me, teaching me, guiding me. No excuses. No excuses. This is uh, what Paul says. He says, no temptation has overtaken you, Pastor Dan, except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, hallelujah. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, okay, that's a whole other sermon, but you need to understand you will be tempted, Right? That doesn't even make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a sinner. It just makes you human. You will be tempted. But when you are tempted, what's the promise? He will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Man, I really love this. I love being a Christian. That means by the Holy Spirit, the temple of God within me, He's always giving me what, me, what I need, giving me the strength that I need, that in all circumstances, I can face it in victory in Jesus Christ. Even when I'm facing a circumstance where it's an attack from the devil himself. You ever feel, ever, have you ever that experience? You're like, man, this is just an attack from the pit of hell. Anybody ever have that experience? Well, hallelujah, James 4. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. When you submit yourself to God, you can resist the devil. And what's the promise? He will flee from you. A nice way to think about it is that's your right as a Christian. Steve Shell would say that's your birthright as a Christian. Daily, we have the opportunity. It is our right as born-again believers, to have the Holy Spirit in us, to be full of the Holy Spirit, even walking and living by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we do not have to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, we can serve one another in love. We can actually live victoriously in Jesus Christ. And yet, we live in a world where Christians are living in rebellion and in sin, living for so much less than the abundant life that they were created to live. And again, when someone decides to live in rebellion to God, it's a familiar pattern. One of the first things they usually do is isolate. They withdraw from godly community. They disengage. You see them less. You hear from them less. You don't see them at church. Maybe that event. You know that event, right? The event, and whatever the event is, but you know they should go to it. You know it would just be perfect for them, that it would encourage them. It, it would strengthen them. And yet they don't show up. And it's devastating, right? Doesn't it break your heart just a little bit? They're choosing to live a life of sin. Again, they have their excuses for why they're sinning. Their spouse, their kids, their job, their church, their God. But they're living in rebellion even though they have the truth of the Holy Spirit inside of them, willing to train them, willing to teach them, willing to guide them, willing to remind and bring to remembrance all that Jesus had said and done. And yet they rebel and they live in sin. And then here's the real humbling part of it all. That everything that I just said, if we're honest, it doesn't just describe some Christian somewhere else. 
It actually describes you and me. It describes us. I was thinking about this. This would be a terrible exercise to actually do and very unbiblical. But let, you know, if we just had you fill out a multiple choice questionnaire on how good or bad you are. And, and we figured out who was like the really bad person. But then like the really, really good person. And so we had a chart. Again, a terrible thing to do. Hopefully you never are a part of church that would do that. But then we finally find whatever his name is. Uh, his name is probably like Jesus. or I don't know. He's really a biblical godly guy. But he's at the top. Like he's the best goody two-shoe um, you know, he's just like, he's the guy that we're all just, we don't like, actually. Let's be honest, we don't like him because he is, he's just so good. Um, he really kind of annoys us. But that guy or that girl, whoever that is, we just need to understand that they have times and seasons of rebellion. They have times when they are just rebelling against the Lord. Now, sometimes it's public rebellion. Have you ever seen that? Oh, did you hear about, you know, so-and-so's doing this. Sometimes it's private rebellion, isn't it? Things that nobody else knows about. It's just between me and God. And if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I never have times or seasons of rebellion. Well, your sin is uh, self-righteousness. So there you go. (laughs) But for many of us, when we think about this rebellion, many of us, uh, maybe it's in an area of pain. Maybe you're just really uh, struggle with pain, like physical pain. And so instead of uh, walking with the Lord and going to the Lord with your pain, you rebel. And you express yourself in ways that are sinful. But uh, in the ways that you express yourself that are sinful, they do give a little relief to your pain. Or to your pain. But then a little bit later, you feel even worse than you did before. But you rebel, most definitely in a way that is not of God. But it's a response to, to that pain. Some of us, it's uh, anger. Some of us have deep-rooted anger. An incredible anger and so much anger instead of giving the anger to the lord and having the lord uh, process and walk with with us through uh, our anger instead we rebel and we begin to just express ourselves have you ever done that just express your anger in ways that are not of god that are extremely sinful and you get a little bit of relief right it feels kind of good but later on you realize you're far worse off than you ever were before it's again a rebellion not of God, a response to your anger. Maybe it's lust. You have lust and there's just so much lust and instead of giving your lust and, and this temptation to the Lord and allowing the Lord to walk you through it, you rebel and you express this lust in ways that are sinful and it even gives you a little bit of relief uh, but you, later on you realize that you're far worse than you started and you're rebelling. You're just flat out rebelling and sinning against the Lord. Not of God. Not of God. A response that is not of God in response to your lust. If others of us just fill in the blank. Maybe it's in the area of finances. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know what the area is. But as humans, we just need to understand this. As human beings on this earth, we all have areas where we act out in rebellion instead of submitting to Christ and being led by the Holy Spirit. All of us. All of us. And the reason I say all of us, and this is very important, I say all of us because sometimes I think the devil tries to convince us that we're the only ones ever who have ever rebelled in that way before. Have you ever been there before? That you just, uh, you, you just are like, man, I mean, just nobody else is as worthless as me. Nobody else is as pitiful as me. No one else is as uh, just garbage, right, junk. You ever start talking that way to yourself? Nobody else has ever rebelled in the ways that I'm rebelling. And so what that does, it actually brings a lot of shame onto our lives. Do you ever carry a lot of shame with you? I know I have before. 
You carry that shame, and shame, by the way, is really good at speeding up the process. Shame is like a catalyst for rebellion. Have you noticed that? That when you begin to carry that shame, it causes you to rebel even more, and it's just a slippery slope, and it is just a downward spiral that goes pretty fast, and you can get to a pretty scary place like in a day or just a couple hours. Have you ever been a part of that where you're like, how did I even get here? Because you thought, I'm the only one that's ever struggled with this, and now I'm uh, acting out in this way, and now there's this shame. The shame is telling me I'm worthless, and I'm no good, and I might as well just continue to act out in rebellion. But you need to know and hear this today. All of us have areas. All of us. I hang out with human beings for a living. It always cracks me up when someone comes to me and they go, did you know that so-and-so is doing such-and-such? And I just kind of like, yeah, them and like 20 other people. Like, have you met us? We're called humans. That's what humans do. We're messy. We're really messy. I, sometimes, you know, we clean up a little bit and we even do good for a week or two, but man, then we get messy again. It's kind of what we do. But I want to encourage you. The idea here is none of us have arrived yet. None of us have arrived yet. Right? The Pope. He's got some issues. You just got to understand that. Whoever, the president of Foursquare, I love him. He's an amazing man. But he's working through the process, working in the process and the journey of becoming more like Christ. We're all still in process. All of us. But part of the journey of Christianity, part of the process of following the Lord, I hope you hear this today. Part of that process, when you find yourself in rebellion, and again, all of us will find us in rebellion from time to time. As soon as you can, come back to the Lord. As quickly as you can. In humility, right? In a brokenness, in repentance. Turn back to the Lord. And then let him remind you by his Holy Spirit. Let him remind you by the precious Holy Word of God. Let him speak truths over you. Son, daughter, you're forgiven. Son, daughter, I love you. Son, daughter, because of Jesus' death on the cross, I accept you. I adopt you into my family. Receive what the Lord wants to give you in that moment of repentance and turning to the God. But then, this is so important, the next step is move forward in obedience. Move forward. Then take the next step in doing the right next thing. Receive the correction from the Lord. Pour out your heart before God, but then walk forward in obedience. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Jesus is very clear how he feels about obedience. Jesus says that all who love me will do what I say. All who love me, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. My Father will love them. We will come to him, make our home with each one of them. Obedience. Uh, we need to understand this. It's just a huge part of living the abundant life that God has created us for. We are fooling ourselves. You are fooling yourself when you think that you can constantly stay in a place of rebellion, just disobey the Lord again and again and again, and yet somehow, uh, almost magically, we will live lives that are full of love and joy and peace. I feel like that's actually our attempt at the abundant life, often. Somehow we can just rebel and disobey, and yet then we wonder why we aren't living these lives of love, joy, and peace. That, that, that will never happen. It'll never happen. And so instead, receive his grace. Receive his grace. Come to the Lord. Press into his presence. Receive his grace. And as you receive that forgiveness and that love and that acceptance, 
Praise the Lord for Jesus Christ, right? But as you receive all that he's done for you, then walk out the next step of obedience. Obey his commands. Obey the commands of the Lord. And if you've been at Lifespring for any amount of time, we talk a lot about the commands of Jesus. The commands of Jesus are not burdensome. They're also not very confusing. Sometimes they feel impossible, but they're very simple. The commands are simply love the Lord your God with everything you've got. And what else? Love others as yourself. So come to the Lord. Repent. Just have your heart poured out before the Lord. But don't come and leave that place in shame and guilt. Come out of that place in victory and freedom, knowing that you have everything you need. You are even declared righteous in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But then from that place of his amazing grace, begin to take the next step, the next right step of obedience in the Lord. And I think part of the process of maturing and growing in Christ, and again, we're hopefully maturing in Christ, we're growing in Christ, Hopefully we're on that process, on that journey. Part of the process is when you have that time, when you have that season of rebellion, and again, maybe it's a public area, maybe it's a private area, but that those times of rebellion would become shorter and shorter and shorter. Right? That as we pursue the Christian life, that we would learn, and learn is such an important word here, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would learn how to come to Jesus quicker and come to Jesus sooner. Think about the prodigal son. The prodigal son, we love the story of the prodigal son, right? He, he grabs his uh, inheritance a little early from his father. He goes out, squanders the inheritance, hanging out with pigs. But he comes back to the father. The father, what does he do? He runs to his son. He says, let's kill an animal. Let's throw a party. I receive my son. What, unfortunately, what we do with that story, then we say, and they all lived happily ever after. But let's be honest. Prodigals, any other prodigals, we're really good at running. I doubt that then he just stayed in that house and, you know, the rest is history. No, I bet you he ran another time and ran again. Then he ran another time. Then there was that other time and that one season. And then in high school and maybe in college and maybe in his marriage or maybe, uh, I don't know, at the nursing home you ran. I don't know where you were running. But, <laughs> but the reality is we run. But then we come back. We come back. I think the father probably in that story had to kill a lot of animals and throw a lot of parties. You remember the hymn, Prone to Wander, Lord? I feel it. You remember that one? Prone to leave the God that I love. It's our humanness, right? It's, that's the flesh part of it all. To go our own way. To rebel. To go against from trusting in him and his uh, knowledge of good and evil and instead taking it on, on ourselves and saying, no, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. But then God in his grace, his amazing grace, gives us this opportunity to come back to him. And hopefully as we're maturing and growing, we come back sooner and quicker. Sooner and quicker. Because again, life, there's a challenge to life. Let's be honest. I love my life. I love being a Christian, but there's a challenge. There's a hardness to life. It can be challenging at times. Even being a Christian, walking with the Lord, it can be challenging at times. Have you noticed that there are plenty of things that try to throw you off course? Have you ever just been hit in the gut by something in life and you just kind of shake? Right? Have you ever just had that blind sight? Like, where did that come from? And you're just kind of off balance. Oh. I think most of us could say, yeah. Some of us, it was this week. But what do we do in those times? We know that the Holy Word of God is here to help us in those times. We know that the Holy Spirit of God is here to help us 
in those times. When you read the Bible, and I hope you're reading the Bible, but when you read the letters from Paul, when you read the letters from Peter, and when you read John, just pay attention. Let them teach you that you might learn from them. And the next time you read them, I want to give you a little homework. Next time you read them, just pay extra attention to the temptations that they talk about, to the sins that they talk about, to the worries and the anxieties and the fears that they talk about. They are addressing these different things, these temptations, sins, anxieties, all those types of things. They are in the Bible on purpose. On purpose. Do you know why the Bible talks so much about sexual immorality? Because there's sometimes when we're tempted by ungodly and immoral sexual desire, right? Maybe there was some guy in some country sometime on the history of the face of the earth who's like, no, I've never been tempted. Well, good for you, buddy. But for the rest of us, there's just these temptations in this world. But praise the Lord, the Bible again and again and again helps us and encourages us in this area. You know why the Bible says don't be anxious about anything? Because we're really good at being anxious. Do you know why the Bible says in everything, do everything without grumbling or complaining? Because we got the spiritual gift of grumbling and complaining. You know why the Bible says that you have to resist the devil? Because sometimes the devil is actually there and he's on the attack. And so we have to resist the devil. The Bible is here to help us. We are living right now in a fallen world full of sin. And there are challenges. There are challenges to life. Right? Let's not just be too Pollyanna about it to not understand and believe that there are challenges to life. But don't you know, the Holy Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God is, help, is here to help us face every one of those challenges. And I would even declare, find victory over every one of those challenges. But this is something we learn. It's something we learn. This is so important. Learn. I'll, I'll let you know, I'm still learning. I have a long ways to go. I'm still learning how to come to the Lord in the midst of the challenges of my life. How do I come to the Lord sooner, quicker? And we're still all in process. We're still all on the journey. We're, we're learning how to come back to Jesus sooner and quicker. Where instead of rebellion, instead of even staying in rebellion, we come back humbly to a place of obedience to God. Uh, anyone watch American Ninja Warrior? Any, any uh, American Ninja Warrior fans? I love American Ninja Warrior. Uh, if you've never seen the show, just think of it about this. It's people that are in really good shape that are able to do things that you would never be able to do. So uh, the key to watching American Ninja Warrior is just don't even try. Grab a tub of ice cream, eat it, and, and enjoy. <laughs> or that's what I do. Though <laughs> It's funny, I told my family that yeah, I was watching it. I was like, I should do some push-ups. <laughs> but American Ninja Warrior, there's a guy on there, and he's called the Papal Ninja. And he's, he's a pretty cool dude, uh, uh, really good at uh, the, the ninja stuff. But he, is, uh, he works for a Catholic church. And he's a, you can tell he really loves the Lord. And, and they do these uh, little pre-videos, you know, before he competes. Uh, where they talk about him and, and they show him uh, in his church and, and, and it's really neat. They give him an opportunity to talk about his faith. But during the last video that they showed, uh, the whole time they played the song Amazing Grace, which 
it was funny because when I heard Amazing Grace, I was like, well, yeah, of course they used Amazing Grace. But then I was convicted right away. I was like, praise the Lord that on NBC in prime time, somehow only God could do this. The, it, amazing Grace, which is what it's all about, has become acceptable in, in non-Christian circles. Like, hallelujah. How, God, you are good at your plans. Like, he snuck that one in to where the whole world is singing about the amazing grace of God that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Like, hallelujah. But when I was going through this message, I was thinking about this grace of God, this amazing grace, and how much we're desperate for the amazing grace of God. Because the grace of God that is found in the person of Jesus Christ, I want you to hear this. If you need to write it down, write it down, but I want you to take it with you. Because of his grace, I believe his grace has given us the space, given us the environment and the room to learn. I think that's really important. That his grace has given us the environment and the space, the room that we need to actually learn how to follow Jesus Christ. So God has given us grace. For some of you in this room, you need to give yourself grace, right? There's a lot of it. We just got to give ourselves grace. Hey, I'm learning, right? I, I'm, I haven't arrived yet. I'm still in process. I'm on the journey. Got to give myself some grace. Others of us, we need to give the people around us some grace. Yeah, they haven't arrived yet. But hey, they're on the journey. They're in the process. See, when we became Christians, the Bible says we were born again. And I love that, that we're born again. I, I think that's a beautiful image. I, I love that spiritually. That's exactly what happened. The Bible says it this way. We became new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. But when you're born again, I was thinking about my two daughters when they were born, Ava and Addie, or when um, you just think about any birth that you've been to. Those cute, little, adorable but vulnerable little infants. When we're born again in Christ, you can just kind of get that mental picture. In many ways, when you're born again, you're an infant in Christ. A new creation, hallelujah, old is gone, new is come, born again in Christ. But we're infants in Christ. And infants are kind of vulnerable, right? Vulnerable to attack, vulnerable to harm, vulnerable to deceptive people. Many cults that are started, they, you know who they pick on? They pick on people that are really at the beginning stages of their faith journey. And so as an infant in Christ, maybe we aren't so good at dealing with temptation. Maybe as an infant in Christ, we're not so good at dealing with our anxiety or our fear or whatever it is. Why? Because we're still learning. We're still learning. We've got to give ourselves some grace to learn. Man, you're like, man, I became a Christian, but man, I still struggle with sexual temptation and maybe i'm just not good enough to be a christian that is a lie you're learning you're an infant but god who started a good work in you he's faithful to complete it don't abandon the journey keep on going well i was really anxious then i became a christian i'm still anxious well you're an infant in christ you're learning how to trust in the lord instead of just let the anxieties of this world and the fears of this world consume you you're learning you're growing don't give up on the process don't give up on the journey don't give up. You're an infant in Christ. Don't let that condemn you. But give yourself some grace. You're learning. Keep learning. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep reading your Bible. Keep worshiping. Keep praying. Have you ever felt that condemnation? Where you're like, oh my goodness, but I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know where to read. Or you're praying in a group. And you're like, oh my goodness, are they going to make me pray? I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed out loud. I prayed once and I swore. I'm not, I'm not praying. 
Uh, Jacob Bears, that's Jacob Bears. You know, our missionary to Ghana, he came to be my intern. I said, Jacob, you need to pray out loud. He goes, I'm not praying out loud. Last time I prayed out loud, I swore out loud. He goes, I ain't praying. I said, yes, you are. You're praying. Have you heard Jacob pray now? It's amazing. But he had to grow. He had to grow in his journey. Worshiping, right? Just even how to worship the Lord and um, going to church. Learn how to be in godly community. Give yourself some grace on that. If it's a little awkward and a little weird and like, I don't know, and that's weird and, you know, yeah, I, I'm glad you, you feed us during service, but can we get a little more juice? Just a little more juice. Why is that cup so small? It's just... <laughs> Are you going to finish yours? <laughs> but just engage. You know, don't give up. Stay on the journey. Stay on the process. And here's the deal. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to make some big mistakes. From time to time, you're going to trip up. From time to time, you're going to fall. There's going to be times when you're just going to flat out say the wrong, wrong thing. Like the complete opposite of what you should have said, you're going to say it. And you're going to have to say to your small group, hey, guys, can we actually get together? Because I just have to apologize for what I said because it was just flat out wrong. You're going to fall, but you're going to get back up. Don't give up. Uh, let the Lord, let the Word of God, let the Holy Spirit remind you that you are growing. Now, Satan, you know what Satan likes to do? He loves to remind you that you are the same as you ever was, right? That when you sin or you rebel, he whispers into your, he says, you know, you're just the same you've always been, never changed. And what does he do? He usually gives you that snapshot of your sin. He goes, see, this is the identical sin that you did 10 years ago or five years ago. You're just the same as you've ever, uh, ever been. Haven't changed a bit. Church, that's a lie from the pit of hell. A lie from the pit of hell. Every day you are being conformed and transformed into the image of Christ. You are growing in Christ every day because of the Holy Spirit, the temple of God, the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in your life. You have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You are not the same as you were. God is doing something marvelous and beautiful and wonderful in you. The good work that he started in you. Don't you know he's faithful to complete? And maybe... Think about this. If some of you that are maybe a little bit longer in your journey, think about your walk with the Lord. Maybe early on with your walk, you were anxious about everything. Now, you're still a little anxious, aren't you? But now, you're not overwhelmed by anxiety. It doesn't paralyze you anymore. You're a little bit further on the journey. Or maybe when you began, you just really struggled with lust. In fact, lust, it just consumed you. Lust, it kept you up at night. It isolated you from everyone who loved you and everyone you loved. And yeah, maybe you still struggle. Maybe there's even times when you still express yourself in ways that you know aren't right. But you have grown. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you've grown. You've taken steps forward with the Lord. And as you've matured, as you've gone on this journey and walked in this process, think about what you've grown in and think about how you've matured. Through a lot of those things and a lot of the crisis, a lot of the areas of just uh, rebellion and sin, uh, the Lord, he speaks his presence, but often he speaks a word, a scripture. Have you noticed that? That different times when you're crying out to the Lord, that he speaks his word. And now that you're a little bit further on the journey, that word goes with you, doesn't it? Right? That scripture goes with you. You're like, oh no, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I got that one. That one's in my pocket. No one can take that one away from me. Sometimes it's a word, a revelation from the Holy Spirit himself. Have you ever cried out to the Lord at 2, 3 in the morning and you have no answers and you're just crying to the Lord and he whispers and he speaks. 
that thing that he speaks, you get to hold on to it, don't you? You go, I'm carrying this with me. On my journey and this process, no one can take that word and that revelation away from me. I was thinking about it in June. We went to Cannon Beach. We go to Cannon Beach every year. I love Cannon Beach. It's awesome. But I was struggling with some things, things that were just bringing me a lot of anxiety. I was really stressed about them, really worried. And I'm just up at 11 p.m. I don't know what to do. I don't have the answer to these things. I'm at a loss. And so I decided to go for a walk out on the ocean. And so I'm walking and I'm walking kind of where the um, water comes in because it was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. So I, I, I walked kind of where there was the water coming in. And, and I actually had my tennis shoes on and I had jeans on. And I started walking in the water. So I'm walking in the water. And then at one point I, I'm kind of yelling and shouting because I knew that the, the, the ocean was really noisy. So I thought no one could hear me, which was funny. I think I couldn't hear me, but I'm sure the people, if there was anyone uh, on the shore, they'd probably be like, what is that guy doing? But it was dark, so hopefully they, didn't, they just heard me and couldn't see me. But anyway, so at one point I stopped. I stopped and I just got on my knees in the water. And I just started shouting to God. Just giving him all my worries, all my concerns, all my questions. And he didn't answer any of them. <laughs> but this is what he told me. He said, I'm with you. And I'm going to tell you, that was actually what I needed. I actually got really excited. And I got up. So the Lord's with me. And, I, and I, I went back to the room probably twice as fast as I came out. I, I took off my jeans because they were filled with salt water. But I, I, the Lord was with me. Church, I still have a little bit of anxiety in those things. Still a little bit of fear in those things. But I got that word that even though I'm facing those trials, the Lord is with me. I'm in the process. I'm in the journey. And the Lord has revealed to me, Danny, I'm with you. I'm with you. But we've got to understand there's a journey to all this. I want to just encourage you to stay committed to the journey, stay committed to the process of becoming more like Jesus Christ. Because again, as a pastor, I've seen way too many people try to abandon the journey, try to jump off the train. And by the way, many people, they come back to the Lord, praise the Lord, right? Many people, I've seen that in a lot of people, they come back to the Lord. But often it's after 10, 20, 30 years of rebellion, right? Some, that's some of us in this room. And you come back and praise the Lord, and the Lord redeems, and He forgives, and He, he restores you, and, and, and you uh, go on to an amazing, fruitful lives. But one of my greatest passions as a pastor is actually to help people avoid those seasons. It really is. I think God has created me for that. I have a deep passion, especially for young people, right? People in their 20s. I, I just have this I just want so desperately for people in their 20s to know that the Lord can use them right now, that the Lord has plans and purposes for them right now. They don't have to wait until later. And, and, and I don't want to have to come and meet them when they're in their 40s or their 50s and have to try to restore them. I want to think about the dangerous, awesome, adventurous, exciting things that they can do in their 20s and in their 30s for the Lord. And when they come to 45, they go, man, that was one heck of a season, but I can't wait for what's next. That fires me up. But regardless of where you're at, 50, 60, 70, 80, just for all of us, I, I hope you hear me. If any of you are considering abandoning the journey, if any of you are, are just thinking, man, you know what, I think I'm ready to give up. Give up on God, give up on his community, give up on his holy, precious word, give up on his Holy Spirit. I have three things for you. One is just this, that's a very scary place to be, right? It's a scary place to be. But number two, we've all been there before. We've all been there before. Because sometimes we look at our lives and we say, no one understands. No one gets it. No, I mean, yeah, you've been through some stuff, but you haven't been through what I've been through. 
But everyone in this room has been through some stuff. Maybe it's not your stuff. Maybe it doesn't look like your stuff or smell like your stuff, but they've been through some stuff. You know, I remember one of the best things that happened when I was going through my gambling addiction. I'm hanging out with my boss. We're talking about it. And he says, Dan, he goes, you got to realize you're not that special. <laughs> Excuse me? Totally offended. But you know what he was telling me? You're not the first person to have gone through a gambling addiction. He was all, woe is me, and this, is, and this happened, and this happened, and this, because this person did this, and this person did that. He's like, you know, you're not that special. You're not the first person to go through it. You're not going to be the first person to go out of it. Here's what God does. You're, you're going to be okay. I needed that. You need to know that we've all been there before. And then number three, it is time. 12, 13, like right now, it is time to humble yourself before your God. To repent of your sinful ways. To turn and come back to God. Receive his grace. Receive his mercy. Receive his love. But then move forward. Move forward in a small step of obedience. Some of us, we just like, well, what would I do? And what would I say? And how would I go? Like, don't even worry about that. You just take the next right step. Just whatever the next right step by the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit speaks to you and as he leads you and as he teaches you, just ask, Lord, I just need the right next step, a small step of obedience. And I believe you'll take step upon step upon step upon step, and it will lead you into the abundant life that God has created and destined you to have. If you are in this place today, I want to encourage you. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. Not that you even need me to pray for you, right? You know, this is something you can talk to the Lord about. But there's something powerful about telling another person. Sometimes for me, with the, the things that the Lord is doing in my life, if I just keep them in my head, they become a distant memory. But if I speak them out loud, they actually become a remembering stone that I can remember the day that I asked so-and-so to pray for me or so-and-so to pray. This is when I said to the Lord out loud, I'm turning. I'm turning. No longer in rebellion. No longer in my sin. I'm turning to you, Lord. So maybe uh, I could pray for you. If uh, I get actually coming to pastors, sometimes very intimidating, and I get that, and, and that's me. Like I, I was always afraid to go forward. Um, there's just a part of that that can be very um, intimidating. But find someone next to you. Uh, maybe you're here with someone else, or maybe there's someone here that you can trust. Um, go to them and say, you know what? Uh, the Lord is speaking this to me, and, and I don't want to leave here without uh, just publicly affirming what the Lord is doing in my life. And so would you pray for me and allow someone to pray for you? Because life spring, this message, it is so important to me. This is dear to me. This message means a lot to me because I, I feel like God has things for us to do as a church. Can we just all agree that God has some things for us to do in this community? Right, that he's not done with us yet, that he's not done with Fife Milton and Edgewood, that he is still uh, doing his plans and his purposes. And so he wants us to be a part of that. But if we're going to accomplish all that God has called us to do, this is mission critical. That we would learn, each one of us, how to come back to God quicker and sooner. Because if we're going to reach the world with the love of God, how could we reach the world if we stay in our rebellion? God, in his awesomeness, will use somebody. But I want him to use me. Right? I want him to use us. But how? 
if we stay in our rebellion. See, this message, it's not about you. It's not about me. This message is about the world, this world full of people that God loves the people of this world. He still has a plan to save the people of this world. His passion is still for the lost. And he wants to use us, you and me, the church of God, to save, to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants to use us. And when the people of the church are living in rebellion, that light that we are created to bear, that light that we are created to carry, that light that we are created to shine, when we're in rebellion, don't you know, it just struggles just a little bit to shine. It struggles to shine. And yet, here's the glory of God. When we turn from our rebellion, we are given a testimony. Isn't that how good God is? When we turn from our rebellion, we're given a story. We're given a story of God's grace. We're given a story of God's mercy. We're given a story of even when I was unfaithful. Do you know who was faithful? God was faithful in my life. That even when I am in rebellion, God was still calling me, calling his son back to him. And when I turned, he threw a party and accepted me in. That's the story, the testimony when we turn from our rebellion. And when we turn, that little light that each one of us has, when each one of us turns, that light turns into a brilliant flame. And there are people who will see the brilliant flame. And some will reject it. Some will see the light of Christ and they say, I don't want anything to do with it. And they will turn the other way. But others, they will see it. They'll be attracted to it. They will run to it. And they will meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords through you and around you and in you because you turn to Jesus. People are going to meet Jesus through you. Again, it's why it's so important that we turn from our rebellion and walk in obedience to the Lord. And we want to close with this. I believe that's happening at LifeSpring. Prophetically, the Lord told us at the beginning of the year that he was transforming lives. And that sounds so churchy, I get it. But we've seen it. We've seen the power of God on display. We have seen. Many of you, if we had time, we would just tell story after story after story of what God is doing in your life. We're seeing tangible, real transformation by the Spirit of God happening in our church. And I, and I love what is happening at LifeSpring. Yeah, we still make mistakes. I'm still falling. I'm still tripping. None of us are perfect. But I'm seeing it with my own eyes. I'm seeing sons and daughters of God being transformed by the Holy Spirit. And a bright light is shining. People are taking notice to the light of Christ that is in you. And it is a bright light. It is a brilliant light. It's Christ in you and through you making a difference in this world. I just want to share just a few things with you about the light that is shining. Uh, we heard about, uh, we have a guy in our church who's the uh, varsity soccer coach at Bonnie Lake, Bonnie Lake Panthers, and, and there was a newspaper article written about him because uh, he had his uh, group, um, his, his soccer team, they heard about uh, the dad of one of the opposing teams was struggling with a very, very serious illness. And so when they went and played that team, they encouraged the players, they gave them gifts, they uh, were able to do all these things uh, to encourage them with posters and all these types of things to encourage the dad. Well, they played again this year. And when they did it this year, they did the same thing. And this year, the other team was ready to receive it, but also thank them in return. If that doesn't look like something that God would orchestrate. But he did it through someone at our church. There's a lady who's been working extra hard on Saturdays 
So we're working an extra day a week to raise money to be able to send it back to Ghana because there's a lady in Ghana named Millicent who's a, a wonderful lady who has these cute little twins and she's been sending the extra money to Ghana so that Millicent could open a store. And Millicent sent me a video of this store and, and even on the store, the door is this huge American flag. She's just so happy and she's so proud of her store. We have people that are shining the light in insurance companies, in engineering, in computer design, in coffee shops, at Wild Waves. We have several Several city officials here. We have someone who's shining the light as um, working at Seattle Children's Hospital. Someone who works in the emergency room. We have someone who's the president of the South Sound Women in Construction. We have other people that are contractors and builders and painters and teachers. We have over a dozen teachers and paraeducators. We have someone who helps run big brothers and big sisters. Did you know that? We have them. Port of Tacoma. We have someone who runs a pickle farm. We have someone who does pool maintenance. We have an attorney. We have someone who does the most amazing painted rocks. Have you seen seen the gifted person that just makes the most incredible awesome painted rocks we have people who help at the senior center we have amazing dads we have amazing moms we have child advocates who work in the courts social workers who work in the courts we have someone who runs a petting zoo are you kidding me we have people that are in Boeing we have janitors sales associates we have recruiters we have a manager of a rock climbing gym we are the coolest church when you have a manager of a rock climbing church gym going to your church here's the deal we even have someone who's a full-time pastor who attends our church I mean, that gets me going because we're shining the light shining the light this is what Jesus declares as we close he says in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven when I read a list like that that's just the beginning of the list anyone else get goosebumps when I think about the light of Christ that is shining in our community. But I want to challenge you, let your light shine. As the Lord challenged me this week, Dan, let your light shine. Let your life shine. Let it be so bright that it would cause those around you to glorify your Father in heaven. But if we're going to shine, if we're going to shine, we need to let the Lord right now, in this moment, in His presence, illuminate some of the areas of darkness and rebellion. That in this moment we would turn and turn quickly, quickly from our rebellion and our sin. That in this moment we would turn to the Lord. That we would commit to obeying the Lord. Not that we would have it all figured out, all the questions of the earth answered. But that from this moment forward, we would take the next right step of obedience. In humility and because of His grace, Take the next right step into his plans, into his purposes, all for his glory. Would you pray with me? Lord, we believe right now that by your amazing grace, we can do all that you've called us to do. That there's not one person in this room who has to hold on to excuses any longer. There's not one person in this room that has to be limited by the evil one and what you've called us to do. That every one of us, Lord, in the midst of circumstances, we can call upon your name, ask your Holy Spirit to lead us, and that you will be faithful not just to lead us, but actually help us <laughs> as you lead us. That you're going to give us the tools and the resources we need to live for you. That you're going to equip us, supernaturally empower us by your Spirit so that we can do everything you've called us to do. 
Lord, we thank you that for some of us, we feel weak. We feel so incredibly weak. But we thank you in our weakness, we are strong in you, Lord. We thank you that even when we feel inadequate, we are right now covered in your grace. And your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you, God, that you are still moving in great and powerful ways in this land. We pray over this land. We pray over our communities. We pray over our towns. We want them to experience the love of God found in Jesus Christ. We want them to see the light of Christ. But yet we know, Lord, that you have called us to shine that light. You have called us as your sons and daughters, as the family of God, to be a witness to your power, to be a testimony of your salvation and your love. And so, Lord, I pray right now that anything that is keeping us from having our light shine, anything, Lord, that is causing us to live in shame, causing us to stay in that place of rebellion, that place of feeling worthless, that place of feeling inadequate and insecure, that place of feeling like we're just garbage and junk, Lord, that right now we could lay those things aside and receive once again your love, your grace, your compassion, your mercy, that you just speak over people right now that because of your son, Jesus Christ, that we are beautiful. Would you remind that to people right now by your spirit? Would you remind people right now that they are fearfully and wonderfully made? Would you remind them right now that you have, they have been created in advance? You created good works for them to do in Christ Jesus. Would you remind them right now, Lord, that you caused them and you have created them to actually go into rooms and shine the light, and when the light shines, the darkness would have to flee. Would you remind them that there's not even one situation where the evil one can overcome them and overwhelm them? There's not even one temptation that can destroy them and take them down, and that there's not even one thing that the enemy has schemed or planned for their life that can find victory in their life if they trust in you, Jesus Christ, and call upon your spirit to help them in their time of need. Lord, we pray that you give each one of us a boldness by your Holy Spirit, a boldness that says there's not even a second, not even a millisecond outside of your presence, that I no longer have to do this on my own, that I no longer have to try to do this on my own, but Jesus, you are faithfully resourcing me, empowering me, giving me what I need. And Lord, I pray for anyone who's thinking about jumping off the train, for anyone who's thinking about abandoning the high calling of Jesus Christ that is on their life. Would you remind them that they're not alone? That for 2,000 years, millions upon millions of people have had that same thought. I just can't do it any longer. I think I'm done. I'm just not good enough. I'm just not worthy enough. I'm, I just can't do it. I just keep on staying stuck in the same sins. I, I'm just the same as I ever was. I, I'll, I'll never change. I'll never grow. Would you remind them that they're not alone in that? But would you also remind them that a lot of that is just a lie? A lot of that, it's not from you, Lord. It's not from your word and it's not from your spirit. And that your word would speak to us once again that because of Jesus Christ, we are declared righteous. Because of Jesus Christ, we are justified. As though we had never sinned. Even though we don't deserve that, we accept it. We accept that in you, Jesus Christ, we're forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, and future. And because of your amazing grace, your grace, which has created a space and a room and an environment for us to learn and to grow, because of your grace, 
we commit as a church, as a body, right now, we commit because of your grace to walk out the next step of obedience, the next right step of following your good and perfect will for our lives. We're excited, God. We're excited. We can't wait to get going. We can't wait to express that light of Christ to the world around us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. In your wonderful and glorious name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with us? Let's sing to the Lord.